G'day legend. Thanks for putting your boy into your earbuds. This is Josh on the Live More Regret Less podcast. Hope you're having a cracker. The bloody sun is shining straight through the open door. It's good times here in Vancouver. Summer is coming. But today's episode is about focusing on one thing and going out and getting the success that you deserve. We spoke yesterday to Sam Chang and Adrian Shui. These guys work for a company called Ledcore that I also work for. And they're basically my boss's boss's boss. And the fascinating thing about this is we work in a sales company. They're 23. I'm 24. These guys are fucking crushing it. And so what we really dive into is choosing one thing and choosing to master it. They really get into how they handled this fear of missing out that we all struggle with. I know you struggle with it. I personally, for me, it's girls. For other friends, it's partying. How they handled this fear of missing out when they committed to their success. And it was a real eye-opener for me to, I guess, shift my perspective. So really look out for that piece in here. And they get into how we don't value things that are given to us and Spider-Man-like responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. Jump into this. It, these guys, it was fucking a lot of fun. It was funny. We shot the shit, but we really got some valuable gems out of it that you can just turn around, look at your life, and really see the grass may not be greener on the other side. All right, dudes. Thank you so much for joining us once again on the Live More, Regret Less podcast. This is Josh. We've got Adrian Sway and Sam Chang from Lecor. Dudes, fill us in. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on, guys? Okay. So we always jump straight in the deep end with the high and the low for the week. Uh, this is interview number four for the day, so I'm stretching myself to think of something fresh. Um, low for the week was... Oh, there we go. I haven't said that one. Didn't perform as well in sales as I wanted to this week. Um, wasn't terrible, but it was just like below my standard, which really pissed me off. And high for the week was, uh, yeah, I just had, again, like great group of mates with me last night that are just holding each other accountable and really focusing down, whittling down to figure out the one thing that we need to be focused on and throwing some other stuff off on the wayside. So yeah, go for it, Sam. Awesome. Uh, Well, high and low for the week. I need to think about this. this is last week. Last week, Monday to Monday to Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what happened last week? Last week, I well for my for my side hustle, we sold fourteen hundred dollars worth of media services and fulfilled them in a week, which is pretty cool. Um, and a little low, my back still hurts. <laughs> I I hurt my back a month ago, but uh, yeah, I've been trying to just work through it, work through the pain. How close do I need to get to this thing? It's pretty good, Ken. It's good. Okay, sweet. Um, my low for the week, you know what? It's uh, Sam was supposed to be my accountability partner for this, but um, <laughs> I'm sorry to make excuses. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing a terrible job. Um, I broke my keto diet, so um, I've been cheating on my keto diet a little bit. Not horrible, uh, but definitely not great. Not where I want it to be. So. Uh, I need to jump back on that train. And then high for the week. You know what? Last week was uh, an amazing week. I uh, had the opportunity to sit through a couple business presentations, uh, business plans for our uh, some of our management team as their first business plans they'd ever put together. Um, and to see how much like some of the individuals within our business have grown, developed themselves, and um, you know get, gotten that business acumen was absolutely incredible. So I was super grateful for that. And that definitely put a high on my week. That's sick. Yeah. That's sick. Um, and so to fill us in, like... I know who you guys are. Everyone, most of the people from all the people from Ledcore know exactly who you are. But what about the dudes that aren't a part of Ledcore and have got no idea what the fuck the company does or is? Like, give us a bit of background. Yeah, of ourselves, sort of like yeah, ourselves in the company. Kind you, of thing. you, and then what you're doing at the moment <clears throat> in the company. Yeah, sure. So, uh, so I'm Sam Chang, and I started the company three and a half. So I started with Ledcore almost three and a half years ago now, and. Uh, a little about a little bit about myself. I actually uh, am a college dropout, and uh, before that, when I was in college, uh, I was actually a commission-based meat salesman, and that, that was kind of like the catalyst that 
that uh, really caused me to contemplate the efficiency and efficacy of school. So, um, you know, when the opportunity came along, I decided to drop out, come out here, start off as a door-to-door salesperson, climb my way in the company, um, you know, climb my way through the ranks. And then I also started, you know, my own company as well afterwards. Uh, you know, digital marketing, uh, do a little bit of coaching on the side, I run a couple Airbnbs in Vancouver. So there's a, I dabble in a lot of things. Um, but overall, I would say that um, you know, over the last three and a half years, like since I dropped out of school, I probably learned more uh, from myself wanting to learn and reaching out and actually looking for materials to consume uh, than school itself or anything, you know, any, any sort of contemporary schooling. Mm. So that's just a little bit of my how, so. how old are you now? What's up? How old are you at the moment? I'm 23. I'm also 23. Um, Adrian Shway, I um, am also a college dropout. I am uh, an, immig- an immigrant. I was the first person in my family in Canada, uh, actually, in, and in Poland, to go to university. I was also the first person to drop out. Um, <laughs> that was shortly after <laughs> dis- discovering sales. And um, been with LabCorp now for four years. And, um, you know, started off as a door to door salesperson, climbed the corporate ladder. Um, today, I guess title is uh, senior regional manager and leading the uh, residential sales business. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's that's me. And what is that? What are the, what do those roles mean that you guys have? What do you do? Yeah, so um, senior regional manager. Um, so I basically take care of all of our residential uh, sales business. So every, anything to do with door to door sales um, for LTS um, and. Yeah, basically working with all of our regional managers across British Columbia and Alberta, providing leadership, training, and all of those things. Mm. Can you use the same? Yeah, so so my role is more so on the training and development side, but what's cool about my role as well is that I actually uh, help spearhead a media program that, uh, that... started off as basically kind of like a pilot which is me and a camera sitting in front of the camera saying like hey we're going to start a weekly television show so that was 57 episodes ago but uh, we have a weekly television show that we produce for LedCore uh, we do that for multiple LedCore divisions and we actually sell to the other different divisions of LedCore um, and so yeah so I, I basically spearhead that we do the filming we do the negotiation um, and yeah 100% development. Sick. we also run onboarding yeah so my girlfriend Emily Brown also works for LightCore and she actually does all the recruiting so she brings people in and then we brainwash them pretty much (laughs) into the cult they go Um, so let's like obviously to get to this level of success that you guys have at the age that you're at like you're a year younger than me super inspiring that like young hustle we were talking about FOMO earlier and I really want to get into what was the mindset that you guys had to have when you decided that this is what you wanted and you went all in like what did you what was the decision that you made you know what um for me um i think that kind of fear of missing out um that that mindset was squashed pretty early on even before i came out um and decided to pursue sales i think for myself um i think i got most of uh the craziness out of my system at an even earlier age um, so by the time I got to university, I, I, you know, I knew what I wanted and I was focused on it. It just wasn't the avenue I wanted to take to get there. And then um, sales provided me that avenue. And then moving across country, um, leaving behind family, friends, basically everything I knew, uh, basically, I, as the saying goes, you know, uh, burning all the boats, right? Not giving yourself an exit uh, kind of left me no option but to figure it out and be successful and you know what like I never even thought about like fear of missing out I never looked back at like what some of my friends were doing back home or um, what people were doing and like the kind of status quo and that never interested me Mm. Uh, so I would actually go and say that I'd go ahead and say that I still have the fear of missing out and it's not so much a fear of missing out on the past, on you know girls or um, money or things that I could have done or trips or travel or vacations or whatever. It's actually more so fear of missing out on what I could have achieved if I wasted my time. 
you know, because, I mean, if you look at every single, you know, really, really successful people, right? Uh, if you look at their income time graph, and it's not just income, uh, I'm talking about, you know, replace income, you know, the x-axis with time, y-axis with income or relationships or emotional growth, professional growth, leadership. Like, it doesn't matter what you replace that with. It's all exponential. And the reason why it's exponential is because the more you learn, the more you can learn. Ultimately, when you're learning something, you're just having a relationship between something that you don't know and something that you know. Therefore, the more that you know, the more that you can know and the more that you can learn. So if it is exponential and your income is exponential and your impact is exponential, then the earlier you start, the higher the peak, because you're not you're, you're not going to live forever, right? And also, you don't know when you're going to die. Therefore, uh, if it is exponential, then my fear of missing out is I'm I, I have a fear of missing out on the peak of what I could have achieved as a person, as as uh, as an individual, right? With my potential, um, because if I waste a lot of time in the beginning, uh, then I might not achieve that peak. I might not reach my potential, mm. right? So, hundred percent. Yeah, so that's how, that's kind of how I deal with it. Totally. And was there a time, a point that you, particular point that you remember where you realized this is your responsibility, like your life is your own responsibility? Yeah, totally. Um, actually, it's quite recent. Um, actually, it's really recent. But basically, uh, I realized probably. Th- Probably four weeks ago. I mean, up until then, I knew that, like, ever since I started selling meat, coming to Leadcore and everything, like, I, um, I, I knew I could sell, and I knew I could speak to people, I knew I could galvanize action, and I could tell people, you know, I could, I could convince people of things, um, but I never really saw that as a responsibility. Like, you know, you know, in Spider-Man, where you know Uncle Ben was like, Uncle with ben. great power, <laughs> great power comes great responsibility. You know, blah blah blah. Like the first version of Tobey Maguire, um, not the other, you know, counterfeit versions afterwards. But the first version, um, you know, I didn't really actually think of that as responsibility uh, up until recently. When in one of these onboardings, actually, it was this room exactly. Actually, it was this spot exactly. Funny, funnily enough, um, where. I actually had one of our onboard, uh, one of our onboarders, actually come out and in front of 13 people admitted that he uh, was struggling with thoughts of suicide, and for me that was that was like a moment I've never like experienced before. I've never I've never uh, been in a situation where I had to fix something like that or do something or you know like it's an intense situation where like the rest of the 13 people are like looking at me and being like, Sam, what the fuck are you going to do, right? Um, but in that moment, I had to do something. And so I remember an exercise that I saw on one of Tony Robbins. I, I went through a lot of Tony Robbins stuff, but one of the, one of the exercises, uh, it was NLP, No Linguistic Programming. And in that moment, I decided that, you know what, fuck it. Like, it's already gotten to this point. Like, I might as well lay everything on the table. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, I fucking tried, right? So... Uh, I ran the NLP exercise with um, with that onboard, and that day was like, a, like right after I ran that exercise, we did we did other exercises throughout the day, and that day like changed his life. Like that was like the breakthrough. It was a 360 when they when they did the fiber presentation exercise, which is something that Josh, you know, and that uh, you know every every onboard has to do. He crushed it. He was the most articulate, the most passionate, the most well-spoken. Everything was everything was great, um, and that was the moment when I realized that holy shit! Like I, I have a responsibility to do this. And the crazy thing is, um, so I, so I, I'm so I'm a Christian, and I was sitting in church literally yesterday, uh, yesterday morning, and I was just sitting there. And the thing is, like I don't know that service didn't really resonate with me. But then afterwards. Um, one of the songs was talking about like, like, it was talking about taking responsibility and like, and, uh, and like reaching out to people. Like your call to go and reach out to people and your call to serve people, and uh, and that was a moment when I broke down like in tears. Like it was like, it it was like I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to serve. And it's only when I serve and I have the serving heart rather than for myself. Uh, that I really tap into something that's other than myself and start and it starts making a huge difference in mm. yeah boom thanks man so appreciate it what about you 
I already answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> Just burning the boats, and then you were like, um, this is Yeah, it. burning the boats, and like, same I, moment. Um, you know what? I didn't have some crazy uh, breakthrough moment. Um, for me, it wasn't one particular instance. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, like along the way, like I definitely had my struggles. I definitely fell into old habits here and there. And I shared a little bit of my story with you um, earlier this week. But yeah, like there were there were definitely moments of weakness. And I look at those uh, moments where you kind of fall into ba- like the old habits, the partying, the, you know, like going out more multiple times a week and all of that and you know what I, I look at that and it's it's not even um, you know what it's I wouldn't even define it as fear of missing out when I think about it now um, I, I look at that as uh, like a an escape from reality right most people um, like they, they go to that kind of stuff to escape their current reality and that doesn't like what, what Sam was talking about like fear fear of missing out on opportunities right it doesn't bring you anywhere closer to those opportunities you're actually running from mm-hmm. those opportunities you're running from the current reality that you're in you're just trying to forget all the stuff that are actually going on in your life versus actually confronting them right um and I think that's one thing that I've noticed is uh, this year, both of us actually, um, we were holding each other accountable to this thing, and I think we've done a pretty good job with it. Um, but bo- both of us actually gave up alcohol. Um, so this year, it's almost the end of April, so we're four months into no drinking. Yeah. And was that a big thing for you guys? Like, did you drink a lot before, or uh, like definitely not a lot? No. You know what? Um, I didn't drink the first nineteen years of my life, so yeah, enough. Um, you know, like uh, there, there were definitely the days where like after um, a long day of work or like uh, for a celebration, like I, I, I enjoy like a, a glass of scotch or something along those lines. Um, but once every couple of months when we were properly celebrating, I mean, we were properly celebrating. So um, <laughs> this year um, it hasn't been difficult at all, but it, it has been eye opening because, uh, you know, what still... Um, attending some of these social events and seeing people that you interact with on a day-to-day basis and then how they act and being actually perceptive to how they act under the influence of alcohol right like seeing how much confidence it adds and how pointless some of the arguments that are had are and you know um just being able to observe how people act under um under that state has Mm -hmm. been really eye-opening for myself um that's definitely add a lot of perspective so um, you literally see people escape their current reality and and see them in this weird state totally i i like if i yeah i would maybe go for like a year without drinking or like you know i might have a drink but never really get drunk and as soon as i start to feel like i'm getting drunk i'm like i feel like i'm losing control yeah and i personally i fucking hate that feeling really so yeah. you did the four quadrants on the, on the <laughs> weekend. <laughs> but I think a lot of people look for that feeling. That that feeling is liberating. Yeah. Right. Because that's that that it allows them to be themselves. Right. They don't have a lot of people don't have uh, you know like the the courage to actually be themselves in their day to day lives. They look for that escape, <laughs> that liberation um, through uh, on their weekends. Thing right? is, they did science. They did they did like scientific like uh, studies on this. But basically, alcohol removes like part, the part of your brain that governs self-awareness and mm. so it, yeah it's like that you, you get to be yourself but it's you get to be yourself without you judging yourself that's the main thing and so it way. removes the judging yourself part kind of thing so you can just be like fuck you kind of thing you know yeah. um, which if people can act like that all the time and just be courageous and be like a fucking mentality I mean not like in the bad it's one of the good things then like go all in then you know they'll be successful they'll be good yeah <laughs> Okay, sick. And like, let's let's dive into that total immersion and that one thing. Um, a lot of people, like Gary Keller, wrote the book The One Thing. You know, like amazing. And you know, the man who chases two rabbits catches none is the you know the proverb. Like, yeah. What do you guys see? Is that something you see that sets people apart in you know this particular business model? Sales, it's all hundred percent commission. You know, for those of you listening, it's like if you don't go out and work you're not getting paid Mm. and is is this something that you see that sets people apart is the total immersion yeah 100% like I'm uh like if there's one quote I live by um it's how you do one thing is how you do all things right and you know so many people 
oftentimes try and tackle so many things at the same time rather than trying to get really good at one thing mastering the basics within one thing right right from the beginning and, and really getting becoming the the professional the master you know uh, in that one thing um, as soon as things get difficult they look for the, the greener grass the grass is always greener on the other side and, you know there's all those uh, quotes you hear right? you can do one thing really really well or you can do a whole bunch of things and you know do it kind of subpar and I I think that in order for you to become great at anything you really have to dedicate yourself to that one thing you really have to fully immerse yourself in that one thing as you develop and as you grow you can add on Right? You can add on and, and you can branch out um, as long as you know you kind of stick to that one core idea. And has that been sales for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And what other things have you branched out to as you've gone along that? Um, you know what? It's it's kind of been interesting and like sales for me at, at the beginning, I, I definitely wasn't doing it for the right reasons. You know, um, at the beginning, I was probably like the, your most typical salesperson, just kind of trying to make commission, you know, like looking to um, say anything. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> know, become smooth and have the ability to sell anything to anyone. And that I that kind of idea developed. Um, more into developing myself you know from just like wanting to become a salesperson I wanted then realize that like sales provided me an avenue to become the best version of myself really work on myself in terms of communication in terms of um, even my relationships like every aspect of my life that I can think of and then um, then that development of myself and development of my sales ability uh, led into leadership and then developing myself as a leader. And again, um, all of it kind of revolves itself around this idea of communication and, um, you know, having the ability to understand other people. So I'd, I'd say, yeah, for me, it's definitely been sales that led to leadership, that led to, you know, building uh, other parts of my relationships. Uh, sales is also the thing that drove me more into fishing, right? Uh, really? Awesome. Yeah, funny enough. You know what? Like, I used to, when I, when I was a kid, I'd go here and there, but um, that constant challenge, you, you know, like in, in sales, the challenges never stop. Like every single customer is different. Every single situation is different. You need to adapt um, and constantly, um, you know, be growing yourself and developing yourself in those aspects. And um, just like how the river always changes, and you're facing every fish. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know what? I, 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 I took on fly fishing uh, as a challenge and realized how um, how many. What's the word I'm looking for here? how um, complex it actually is. You know, there, there's so many things that um, come into play, like just like in sales, you know, like your tonality, your scripts, your pacing, your inflections, your, um, the, the rapport you have with the individual, your eye contact. Why don't you teach people how to do that? Fish? Yeah. I could, I have. Really? Yeah. For money? Well, maybe, maybe. Um, that's an idea there, Sam. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, well, the reason it led me more to it, um, partially, uh, I didn't want to spend my weekends, you know, kind of looking for an escape, um, that kind of, like, when you were talking about fear of missing out earlier, you kind of related back to, like, women and drinking and, you know, partying and, and that kind of stuff, um, that's not how I really wanted to spend my time, I wanted to, you know, confront everything that I was facing during my week, mm -hmm. And fishing really allowed me to do that while growing myself in another area. So, like the days I spend on the river, um, off, a lot of times it's by myself, or even when I go with someone, like we're not constantly together, but it, that time is oftentimes spent reflecting and, um, you know, doing a little bit of that introspective thinking. And again, at the same time, focusing on um, getting better at the thing I'm doing at the same time. So it really, you know, we live in such a fast paced world and that environment really allows you to slow yourself down. 100%. And totally. So, oh, uh, nice, <laughs> nice transition there. <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, okay. 
Well, I think I think the question is geared. My perception of the question is geared towards like in your career, um, how do you focus? How do you focus on just like one thing, right? How do you focus on, uh, or is 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 focusing on one thing beneficial? And have, have is that what you have seen that sets people apart? Mm, okay, cool. So. I can tell you that uh, I've tried everything. Not everything, but I've tried the, uh, I'm just gonna do everything all at the same time and spread myself too thin. Cause, okay, everybody has heard that um, that statistic on entrepreneurs being like, oh, like 10% of, only only 10% of entrepreneurs like succeed or whatever, 90% of them fail or whatever, right? And the thing is like, you know, gr- growing up and then listening to personal developments, You've always been sold a story that like, holy, you're fucking Superman, right? So like, you can do everything. And I was like, I'm not, I'm never gonna let somebody let a fucking statistics tell me what I can or cannot do. Fuck that, right? So I went in with the mentality like, okay, I'm gonna do everything. So at one point in time, I had like my digital marketing agency. I had Lightcore. I was doing Airbnb. I was doing cryptocurrency trading. I was doing, uh, I was doing cannabis, like running like a weekly television show or whatever for cannabis, uh, which was like a, a company down in the states, like. It's all legal. Um, you down smoke the it up? You just no, 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 no. I don't. I've never, um, <laughs> never touched anything. I've never touched anything uh, ever in my entire life. That I've, makes I've you a good dealer. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't. I don't. I don't deal. But basically, what we do is uh, we do digital marketing in the uh, cannabis space. So right now, we're actually servicing a client down in the states. Uh, they're called Green Rush. It's a weed delivery company. It's like Uber for weed in LA. Um, we do a weekly TV show for them. Um, so I did, I did that and then, you know, I was just like, I, I did everything. I tried everything. You were writing a book at the same time too. I was writing a book at the same time. I was trying to create a course at the same time. I just like, I tried fucking everything and I was like running all these things at the same time. I wasn't getting a lot of sleep and I was just like, um, and then like obviously like running all of those different ventures or whatever it required like me to invest a little bit of my money into it. And so like, I started like spreading myself thin and everything. So I tried I think we need cryptocurrency mining as well, which I still do now, but it's kind of hands off. But, um, but I did like I tried everything, right? And when I did that, I I can tell you that from my own experience is that um, like it doesn't matter who you are. Like I have I have great willpower, right? I have amazing willpower. I have good discipline. I've again like the first nineteen years of my life did not drink, did not smoke, did not do everything. I was like a good Christian boy. Went to church every single Sunday. Went to school straight A's. Went to university. Freaking like. You know, A minus is whatever, same thing. Um, going through, I was never bad at school. I was great. I, fucking, you know, it was like I never had like that. Like Adrian, Adrian's like I guess like you call it like the person's like their dark phase where they go and like <laughs> they, like they go dark. You know, um, never did any drugs. And so, like for me, it was like uh, I thought I was different, so I spread myself really thin. But if you look at every successful person, they all say like specialize, specialize, specialize. Specialize. Even if you go online and look for like, you know, like courses on, uh, on uh, you know, like how to sell courses like e- e-learning or whatever. Like they always say, like the money's in the niche. The money is in like the, the the specific thing that you're doing. So for example, for Adrian, it'd be like fly fishing. It wouldn't even be fishing. It'd be fly fishing that he teaches. If he teaches fly fishing, like he'd be successful. It's in the mm-hmm. niche, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you were just reading dot com secrets or the second. I, I literally crushed through the uh, Russell Brunson uh, expert. What is that? Expert secrets. Expert secrets. Expert secrets. Secret. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, I read that in like a day and a half. I started yesterday. Good read. Yeah, yeah, so good. Um, yeah, with that, it's just like such an easy read. You just go straight to the point. Um, so yeah, so read that, guys. If you do, she does want some, want want some uh, resources. But what I was talking about is um, if you have a job right now and you have a side hustle, that's not two things. That's one thing. Because ultimately, like, if you have a side hustle, right, and that side hustle, you intend for that side hustle to be the thing, right, you ha- the, 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 your, your job or whatever. Like if you're working at fucking McDonald's or a and or Subway or whatever, right, or like a retail store. Right, that's not your main thing. The thing is that your side hustle is the main thing, and your main job is there to support your second thing. That's what I'm trying to get at. Because people people might say if you have two jobs or whatever, it's spreading yourself too thin or whatever. You should just quit, go and do do that one thing that's going to make you successful and dive deep. But the thing is, 
I'm very strategic about the way that I dive headfirst as well, right? If that side hustle is the thing that is is the thing that I'm trying to build, right? The main thing is going to be the thing that supplements that thing. I'm just in a special scenario where uh, what I do every single day is it automatically supplements what I do because what we do at Leadcore, what I do is I, I I help run the media team, right? Because I help run the media team, um, and I have a digital marketing agency. It's like I'm using the same resources. Right, I'm using the same skill sets and I'm building the same portfolios, right? So, um, so it's just it's, it's just that way. But basically, what I could say is, you know, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, hey, like I want to start a side hustle, I want to do something, I want to do something crazy, I want to start a business or whatever, like, yeah, keep your keep your job, right? Don't just don't just quit and then uh, and then peace out. Like, I would what I would do is I would start it. Right, have your main job as a supplementary thing so that you can take risk in your business, right? But have that as your main thing. I think the the more focusing on one thing is your mentality focus on one thing, right? So um, that's how I see it. Cool. And self awareness you spoke about as you went down the the sales path, you know that, that branched out. Did you always? Do you feel like you always had a, an element of self awareness as you were going through this, or it was built by <clears throat> as a byproduct? Of, you mean like place that you went like the cultures that you got into oh absolutely um and this is something we talked about last week too right like um, who you choose to surround yourself with what impact your environment has on you and i definitely like until i got into sales i would definitely say that i had a really low self-awareness right um i was actually having this conversation with someone today i was i was looking back at like my teenage years you know going through high school even university and I would say that like that that majority of my life I wasn't even necessarily living for myself I was living for other people I wasn't trying to do what was right for me I was trying to do what was right for other people I wasn't trying to please myself I was trying to please other people you know and I think most adolescents most people in like their early teens kind of go through that stage everybody just wants to fit in and by just wanting to fit in um, you aren't necessarily being an individual or you leave a part of your individuality behind right um, whether it's it's choosing to wear certain things to be able to fit into a certain group or choosing to, you know, listen to a certain music just to be able to fit in. And um, I would say that, like, I definitely did all of that stuff when I was growing up because, um, you know, like uh, I had an accent, um, you know, struggled here and there. But um, like at that young age, just wanted to fit in and like looking at it retrospectively, um, I wasn't doing any of those things for me. I was doing, uh, you know, I was becoming someone else so that other people would like me rather than being myself. And, you know, sales and, uh, you know, kind of going through, starting, starting that path in personal development, right? In order to understand other people, first you have to understand yourself. Right. In order to be able to understand what drives another individual, whether it's to buy, whether it's to make a decision, um, whether it's to make a certain you know, d- decision in terms of a relationship. First, you have to understand yourself. First, you have to understand why you make decisions. First, you have to understand um, why you act the way that you do. And sales, definitely. Cause I, I don't even think most people look at that stuff. I, I genuinely don't believe that Like uh, most people, like at least that I know, take the time to actually be introspective and you know be critical of themselves um to that point a lot of people just kind of want to go with the flow what was the first uh let's say pd exposure that made a difference and the, what was your first book you know like you <laughs> the first formal pd book i ever read was read was probably the most ridiculous book you could possibly read so um the company i worked for was an aeration company out in on uh, actually it's a canada-wide based company but the owner wrote this book called how to become a millionaire in 90 days while working out at the gym <laughs> while, what? while working out at the gym like that's literally the title it's the douchiest title you could possibly imagine and that that was the first personal development book i ever picked up and i wouldn't even i don't know if i'd even describe it as personal development it taught you how to sell aeration <laughs> um like it gave you all the scripts and everything around there. It's like they called it the five steps to high steps and basically like all the super, super cheesy content. But reading that book, you know what? Um, that was the first book that I read. And I feel like going through school, I hated, I hated reading. 
I hated reading because I was reading all this content. I didn't understand why I was reading it, what I was looking to get out of that content. You know, uh, the catcher in the rye, like how on earth was that supposed to help me? How, what, was I, what was I looking for when I read that book or any of the Shakespeare stuff? You never really got a good understanding as to why and why it was important and what you were looking for and how it actually applied to you in your life and how it was gonna help you further on. And when I picked up that book, because my first day of sales, I was so bad that um, I had no idea what I was doing. and somebody told me that if I read this book, it would help me a lot. So I read that book and immediately I had something that I could apply. Immediately, I was taking content out of that book and on a daily basis, I was trying the things in that book and I was applying them every single, every single customer, every single sale and making iterations and making them my own. And seeing the results I got from that led to the next book I read, which was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that kind of gave me a whole different perspective. And then uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I think there's a couple um, recommendations that from there. And then that kind of led me down this journey of personal development. And the more you read, the more you, um, you know, apply and the more you, um, you know, engage in that introspective thinking. Sick. Um, what about you, Sam? Did you, what was your first exposure and what was your first thought to PD? PD? Not necessarily like, uh, like, yeah, like Adrian sure. took that book and took action with it. Yeah, like maybe yeah, you yeah. read some books and didn't really take action. Yeah, yeah. And then it was a seminar that no, actually no, 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 no. I'll tell you this is a crazy story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my very first cold call job, not, not retail sales because retail sales isn't really selling, right? Like you don't sell in retail. You take orders in retail. Like, you know, walk into Canadian Tire and somebody comes up to you and be like, you know what? This shovel is fucking amazing. You should buy the shovel. <laughs> like nobody says that. Right. So, you know, um, American Express, working for American Express was, was my very first cold call job. And that job, basically what happened was, um, first of all, I left Urban Outfitters, thought, I thought I was a shit, walked into a, the interview with American Express thinking I was a shit. Walking in to onboarding the first day, you know, there are 40 people, 40, 50 people, and I was like, fuck this script, fuck you, onboarder, I got this. Like, I, in my mind, I was just like, I fucking got this, right? So I sat down uh, at my desk, my very first day of the job, and I started dialing three to four hundred cold calls a day. And then you'll probably be like, come on, Sam, like, don't be ridiculous. You can't make three to four hundred cold calls a day. There's not many that many minutes in a day, in an hour a day, right? Plus, you're going, you're going on lunch for an hour, seven hours. You can make three three hundred cold calls a day. Well, yeah, you can if there's an auto dialer that constantly dials. Uh, and essentially, every single time you hang up, take uh, you click the pick up, like a uh, take call button, and then boom, it'll connect you with the person like right away. Like that's that's how it works. So there's an auto dialer that literally keeps on dialing customers all the time, and whatever connects literally just connects you, and then boom. Um, and so I made three to four hundred cold calls a day, and that first month I was the bottom of the food chain, and I sold two cars the whole month, and they were laydowns. If you don't know what laydowns are, basically. Uh, I called the customer saying I'm from American Express and they said, oh, hey, you know what? I was just about to call American Express. Can you sign me up? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, yeah. That was that was basically like a lay down. And so basically after the first month, it was around the time when Wolf of Wall Street came out. And I, look, I, I saw the movie Wolf of Wall Street and I was like, hey, there's got to be some sort of realism that's been, you know, kind of imprinted in the movie Wolf of Wall Street, right? Because it's from a book. It's about somebody who's real. It's about Jordan Belfort. And if Jordan Belfort or Leonardo DiCaprio can teach Jonah Hill uh, in the movie how to sell to the richest 1% of America, and I'm like, I could do anything. I could learn. I could learn sales 100% because they wouldn't portray Jonah. I thought about it. I was like, they couldn't. They wouldn't portray Jonah Hill as like an idiot if he wasn't actually like an idiot. And if an idiot can learn how to sell, then I can learn how to sell because I'm not an idiot. And so that was kind of like the logic that I that I took on. And so what I did was I went through. So for those of you guys that are listening, who you guys saw Wolf of Wall Street, um, there was a cold call scene where Jordan Belfort was like, uh, he was like, hey John, how's it going today? My name is Jordan. Blah blah, blah calling from blah, blah blah, and then talking about arrow time, like that cold call script. So what I did was I went online on YouTube, found that script, took that script, rewrote every word on that script on a sheet of paper, and then rewrote my American Express script to that script. So it sounded like, hey, John, how's it going today? My name is Samuel, working for American Express from London, Ontario, blah, 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 blah. Sound fair enough? Great. Like literally the same script, same outline. And the next day, I sold two cards. And that was like the moment when I was like, holy shit, you can learn sales. So then I went 
And I started looking, and I was like, hey, like, where's this program? Because, like, you know, at the end of, end, end of uh, Wolf of Wall Street, there was a Jordan Belfort Straight Line Persuasion program. So I went through, and I was like, hey, uh, where's this program? Where's the program? And I, so, so I found it. It was forty nine ninety nine, And uh, I didn't have $5,000 to spend, so I tore into the program, went through it in a whole weekend. And that month, I was the number one American Express salesperson across all interior call centers. And that was when I got hooked. That was the moment when I was like, okay, mm. personal development, like, this is some real shit. Yeah, sick. And I think that, that that's like the common theme. Like you apply something, and, and that, I think that's one thing that like traditional school struggles uh, to portray is. Um, oh shit, it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like take this and apply it over here, and like look at the results, you know. And yeah. I think totally. once someone actually experiences those results and, and sees those results have a material impact on their life, that's when they want to continue learning and continue growing themselves. Yeah. Like, and the crazy thing is this too. Okay, it's. Because it's not just about the content. The thing is, it's about your belief level in the content as well. Which is, this is a crazy part because, like, uh, I just read the book X for Secret, so I'm gonna talk about that book because it's just in my brain. There's a lot of examples. Russell Brunson, he has this inner circle group, which is twenty five thousand dollars a year, and that twenty five thousand dollars a year essentially allows people to come in and he'll coach them and mentor them, and he has friends that come in for free to that twenty five thousand dollar program uh, a year and. The thing is, when they come in for free, there's no value that they associate to the program because there's no value that they associate to the program. They don't do anything with it. And so they end up you know, going out and just not doing anything with it. But the people, the same content, but when somebody paid $25,000, they took that and became like massively successful. Like they have like a 90, 90 something success rate with that program where somebody pays 25 grand, they go in and then boom, out comes like a really successful like entrepreneur, online e-learning guy, person, right? So, um, so it's it's your belief level in the actual program because I, when I found the Jordan Belfort program, like the mindset that I had was like, holy shit! Like I found the secret weapon. I don't want anybody else to know what the heck I'm doing because I want to be number one. Like I I believed it so much that I thought I, it was a secret weapon. I thought it was the reason why uh, I was successful. And so if other people had it, then they would catch up to me. So I was like, no, like I want to keep it, you know, like that. I, it, I believed in it that much to the point where it was like that. Um, and it also depends on the program itself because Jordan Belfort, if you ever, if any of you are listening who've ever done Jordan Belfort straight line persuasion, he always says like, he says in the beginning of the program, he goes, um, the system that I'm about to show you, you can use it to, to make people do things that they don't want to do. And then that appeals to like the negative side of human beings to being like, oh shit, I can use this to manipulate people. Mm. All right, cool. I, you know, so, you know, there's different ways, but for you to really believe it, that's the key thing. Um, it's not just about the content. And like, even to take it a step further, like belief is one thing, but just like the perspective that you go into learning something, you know, like when you look at school, uh, most of us, when we think of school, we are learning things that we had to learn because someone told us we had to learn it. So we weren't necessarily looking for the positive. Whereas um, when you have a level of investment in a certain content, once you have that investment, like your perspective is completely different. You're actually looking to learn something from that content. So you're actively looking, you know, for that one good tidbit that might be in a chapter. And um, I think of a, a something a friend told me one time. His name's Kyle and he read a book and he told me it's this incredible book and I asked him if I could borrow it and he said no and I was like dude why not and he's like go buy it and I was like Kyle have you read it and he's like yeah and I'm like well why can't I borrow it from you then he's like because you're not going to appreciate it then you're not going to get as much out of it and I'm like well that's silly um and he kind of told me a story, like a background story as to why. And you know what? I was like, this is like, you're cheap. <laughs> um, just let me borrow your book. But, that is so true. But here's what happened. I ended up buying a book and it was probably one of the most impactful books on my life personally. And it was uh, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. I read that book and for me, it had the craziest impact and I absolutely loved it. I read it twice um, after I first got it. I told my friend about it, my friend. And he's like, can I borrow it? And I was like, yeah. 100% man like this book's absolutely incredible so I gave it to him for free and he said he was going to give it back to me and maybe I'm just like a little like OCD but like, when I buy a book um, part of it's 
the, the getting the content, but I also like keep it in pristine condition. So like when I put it on my bookshelf, it's like a trophy. You know, I read it. It's it's in this perfect condition. Yeah, I can, yeah. um, and now more more recently, like, I write all over my books and like I put in post its and stuff. But um, it's still like I keep it in good condition. I take care of the books I buy, and I I lived in the same house as this guy, and I watched what he did to my book <laughs> he destroyed it like he destroyed my book did he read it he i think he read half of it and like you know like he'd have it in the car and he'd like sit on it by accident and then it would fall follow fall out of the car and like pages were ripped and like everything was folded and crumpled and like he got food all over it and like I just watched like this book progressively get destroyed, and I remember like ev- <laughs> eventually it got to a point. I was like, "Hey man, like a couple months, a couple months went by, and I was like, "Hey, can I like can I have my book back?" And he's like, "Oh, like I have no idea what happened to it. Like I I lost it. I'll get you another one." And he never did. He never got me another another copy of that book. But like I looked at that and it's like you know what like he wasn't like he was. He wasn't necessarily looking. He didn't have like the financial investment in that book, and he did wasn't necessarily looking for something in that mm. book. You know, um, he just kind of went through that content. It was given to him for free, and oftentimes, like the things that we get for free are the things that we neglect the most. Mm. For sure. So we're gonna wrap it up. Except for um, love. <laughs> well, I, if anything, like that's what we neglect the most. You want to get real romantic, Sam Chang? I accept your love all the time. I know, but I don't accept yours. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, what's the what's the biggest challenge you're facing in your life right now? Health. Health? Yeah, yeah, definitely health. Um, Don't don't give up health. Over the last like about a month and a half, thought I was gonna die multiple times. So. Yeah, don't give up health. Um, why? Why did you think you were gonna die? Just from the pain. Oh, just like health scares, you know. Um, you know, from you thinking you have cancer to you thinking you have, you know. Whatever the fuck. Whatever the fuck. Yeah. So, just. Yeah, the thing is, um, people people don't realize that basically. There's four pillars right to your life, um, and these four pillars they all have to be taken care of. It's not just your career like your career is definitely not the most important thing there's mental uh, which is basically represent representative of your career there is the emotional which is representative of your relationships and then there's a the physical which is representative of your health and then your spiritual and these are the four pillars of your life and a lot of people actually neglect uh, actually a lot of a lot of you know if you're using if you're using the behavioral matrix uh, terminology a lot of controllers neglect uh, the emotional uh, which is the relationships uh, and they neglect the health because they say that you know what I gotta sacrifice I gotta sacrifice in order to get what I want in the future therefore I have to sacrifice my health I gotta sacrifice my relationship it's all about my career and don't even talk about spirituality to me that's what a lot of people do and the thing is they grind themselves to the bottom um, and uh, and you know I would I, I would probably go as far as to say like that's probably what happened to um, Avicii, right? Recently, like he just like grinded himself with like each live event, like live event, live event, live event, live event, live event. Um, but you know. <laughs> nice touch. <laughs> that wasn't edited. <laughs> Um, you know what? I'd actually agree with Sam in terms of in terms of health. I think, um, you know, maybe being young and like that that question you asked earlier, like, do you just need to like commit to one thing to become great at that thing? Like, do you have to um, like stick to that one idea or that one concept or that um, one perspective and um, for myself, like I look back at the last couple of years and professionally and personally I've developed and grown immensely, you know, and I've gone through so much content and gone to seminars and books and watched videos and, you know, like bought like podcasts and everything. And the one thing that I like, I just completely left on the side was my own personal health. Right, like things as simple as going to the doctor, or going to see a dentist, or um, 
eating healthy, right? Like as I was like developing and, and like when, when the first time I made money, uh, the first thing I did was I spent that money and that kind of continued. So like um, because it saved time, I would eat out and I wouldn't necessarily, um, you know, take the healthiest routes. So um, uh, like for this year, like all of my resolutions for the most part are, are surrounding health. Mm. Um, you know, becoming healthier, uh, living more consciously, like eating more consciously, um, taking care of my body and, and um, you know, getting more physically active and um, like the no drinking alcohol. Like that was a big part of that. And at the beginning, I said, like, how you do one thing is how you do all things for like myself in order to like jump into something. Like I really fully need to jump into that thing. Um, and, you know, like some aspects of it have been easy, right? Like surprisingly, the no drinking has been really easy. Some aspects have been really hard. Uh, really? It's been tough for me. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I, it's been a breeze. Um, you got a problem. Um, <laughs> but um, social events. Yeah, no, I haven't had a. I mean, I maybe had like one or two urges over the last four or five months. But getting back at it, um, committing to like one thing led to allowing myself to fully commit to the other things, and. You know, like forcing yourself to wake up early, forcing yourself to uh, go to bed early as well, and forcing yourself to hit the gym or go for a run. Like those things are way harder um, than not drinking um, or just like watching. Like at least for me, like the like the getting physical for me has been to a point where like I'm really happy mm-hmm. with my level of discipline with it. Um, has definitely been like the biggest challenge and like the area where I've been the least consistent. So that's what I'm working on for sure. And um, at the end of that hard work, is there, or just something that you like to indulge in, is there a reward? Some people like stogies, some people like a certain type of chocolate. Is there anything that you... I cannot wait for my first glass of scotch. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a reward? Um... I think the reward just happens like throughout the uh, throughout the year, right? I mean, I don't know what the reason why you quit alcohol is, but the reason why I quit alcohol is because I calculated the number of hours that I would have wasted if I didn't have alcohol, or sorry, if I did have alcohol, um, because I was like, okay, so let's think about this: fifty-two weeks. If I do two hours, uh, two hours of drinking and two hours of recovery a week, that's four hours. But let's just be generous four hours right four hours you're not uh, doing it right (laughs) (laughs) anyways four hours over uh you know it could be two hours like spread out throughout the week you know it could be two days or not just anyways uh four hours multiply that by 52 weeks i was like okay that's 200 hours if i had dedicated 200 hours to something else like something anything right reading books that would have generated uh, more return if I dedicated an extra 200 hours in learning a new language and learning a new sport and going to the gym and uh, you know building my business like that that would have amounted to something material right that um, that itself is a reward for me so brilliant and we always finish off with uh, this question if you could give three action steps for a guy to take this week so that at the end of the week he felt like he'd lived more and regretted less what would that be three action steps uh, this is hard to say because the thing is live more regret less is something that will be based off of your goals depending on where you are in your life if you're listening to this right now and you are a you know millennial trying to figure out their way in life because here's the crazy thing about millennials that I recently realized with talking to a lot of millennials. Some millennials, they like the feeling of not knowing what to do. They like that limbo phase. And if you like that limbo phase, and if you like being in that limbo phase, um, what I would say is just go and do whatever you want to do. Like, that's number one. Like, go and... Like, if you are in that limbo phase... And if that is the question that you want me to answer, like live more, regret less, then I would say go, and this is what Gary Vaynerchuk says, like if you're like 20, 
21, 22, even 23. And your goal, like you don't have a goal yet or whatever, go and try everything. Go and travel. Go and start a band. Go and start try to start a business. Go and, I don't know, go do whatever. Like figure it out. Figure out what you love and what you don't love because you have time. Um, but if you are very goal-oriented, which is the type of demographic that might be listening to this podcast, um, what I would say is, number one, if you are not going through... Um, personal development content if you're not listening to audiobooks or reading like I personally I don't like reading I love listening to audiobooks because it allows me to go through it so much faster and it allows me to listen to it while I'm doing things that don't require my cognitive attention as well so if you're not listening to like content every single freaking day you should be because that is a single defining thing whether or not you would be successful or not be successful Right, 95% of multi-millionaire CEOs read over 60 books a year, right? So, I mean, that's, the other 5% got their money from their parents, right? So the 95%, like there's a, there, there's a pattern that that's here, right? So in order to be successful, like you gotta do that. Um, number two, what I would say is, uh, I read a book recently, it's called Peak Performance, and in it, in it like the, the biggest thing I took away from it was stress plus rest equals growth. Uh, stress plus rest equals growth. Olympic athletes, their coaches stress that they need to rest. Like they say like, hey, you have to rest. Mm. Like mm-hmm. they, they stress to rest more so than the training because Olympic athletes don't need motivation to train. Like they're like fucking like, let's do this. Like I'm gonna train because I'm, like, I'm have to be, if I'm gonna be the best, I have to train. But what they don't do is they rest, mm-hmm. right? They don't rest, sorry. Um, and because they don't rest, I would challenge uh, for those of you guys who are already hustling, uh, already hustling like really hard, um, you have to rest because if you ever, I mean, if you go to the gym, like, you know, that if you just keep working out, keep working out, keep working out and don't sleep, don't eat enough, don't drink water. Like you're not going to grow period, right? Like you're going to go through muscle atrophy. You're just going to break down your muscles, rip it, rip it, rip it, rip it, rip it. It's just going to, you know, get cut down to nothing. So what I would challenge you guys to do is I would challenge you guys to rest, um, really, really take the time and, um, and put in like quality rest time, things that rejuvenates your soul and rejuvenates your mind. And because when you rest, you also adapt as well. Um, so that would be number two. And number three, um, number three, I would, what I would do is I would decide to commit to one habit. I would commit to one habit because willpower is limited. Uh, and I read the book, Willpower. Obviously, a lot of you guys probably read the book, The Power of Habits. But Sorry, no, willpower is different than power habits. Willpower is another book. Um, in the book, willpower talks about one, willpower is limited. Number two, if you're trying to break multiple habits at the same time, you might fail at all of them. Actually, mm-hmm. you most likely will fail yeah. at all of them. Therefore, you need to stick to, pick one, stick to that one. And once you hone in and take that and make that natural habit, then it becomes much easier uh, with the other one. Then you add on, you have it stack. Um, so I, what I would do is I would hone in and just focus on one habit. Uh, because if you can develop like just fucking like 10 success habits every single year, then over the course of three years, like you'd be golden, right? So radical change. Yeah. Um, well, <clears throat> if you look at, a, I actually really like the name of your uh, podcast, Live More Regret Less. Um, if you look at the second part of that, like, and, and you ask yourself, why do people have regret in the first place? Um, oftentimes it's, it's because they weren't, living at their fullest potential it's because they weren't aligned with why they wasted their time doing things that didn't have the impacts they wanted to have um and they look back at that and and it causes regret so i I would say the first step to uh, avoiding regret and this is personally um is uh, align yourself with your why right if you don't have a why and and you've gone through this content you went through our onboarding and and we don't preach that stuff just because like we we think it's uh cool and we think it'll um, you don't get some people thinking. I, I, I genuinely believe that everything you do should be aligned with your why and then reverse engineer. So um, once you know what your why is, if you have a why already, then um, second part is build a routine that uh, build a schedule that, you know, helps you get closer to achieving that why and if you don't have a why yet then you know that's something that you need to figure out and and i know that's one thing that's worked for me in the past is practicing gratitude and that that would be my third step is practice gratitude 
right? Look back at your life. Look back at the things that you are grateful for, the people, the, the events, the places, your health, you know, um, and don't just look at the fact that you're grateful for them, but take it a step further. Um, take it a step further and ask yourself, why are you grateful for each of those things? Why are you grateful for that person? What impact did that person have on you? What impact did that event have on you? How did that shape you as a person, right? How did that change your perspective? And really look to understand why you're grateful for each and every single one of those things and really understand that. And oftentimes, or if you look at the, the impacts that had the greatest or the, the things that had the greatest impacts on your life, it kind of it can give you an idea of the impact you want to have as well, right? And then might lead you to develop your why. But overall, practicing gratitude is extremely important. So that would be my third step. Totally. Epic dudes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Done deal. That was awesome. Mate, thank you for tuning in. As always, love having you here. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could jump over to the iTunes ratings and review page for the Live More Regret Less podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Fuck, if you hated it, leave us a one-star review. Don't actually do that, really. Don't do that. But let us know what you think. Leave a little comment and we'll keep in touch.